For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The following presentation is brought to you by Sports Ethos. What's up, Grizz Nation? Welcome to the show. It is David and Isaac. This is the Sports Ethos Grizzlies podcast. We are down a man tonight, just like the Memphis Grizzlies. But have no fear. This will be a much better showing than what we just witnessed in Utah. The Memphis Grizzlies dropped two in a row to the Jazz. The first game on Saturday night, 124 to 123, could have went either way. And then tonight, they just laid an A. Nobody was ready to play. Dylan Brooks came out and looked pretty good early. John Morant was ready to play. But the rest of the team should have just stayed at the hotel because I think we would have got the same result. It was just a piss-poor effort, a terrible showing, and then you get injuries on top of that. So the, the Grizzlies are just not in a good spot right now. There's a lot of uh, – typically I try to be optimistic, but there's a lot of things to be concerned about. I I don't agree with Joe Mullinax on a lot of stuff, but I guess I am team call me at Christmas – because hopefully this team will be healthy at that point and we can really see what type of product they can put on the floor because these two games in Utah, regardless of how good Utah is playing this early in the season, it's not it, man. No, I mean, they just look like tonight that they just want to get the hell out of Salt Lake City. Um, I mean, you could tell from the onset, from the tip, that Utah just wanted this game more than the Grizzlies, and you would have thought that would have been an offset with the way the first game went. You thought the Grizzlies come out home. We're not going to let this team beat us twice, even though they've been playing well. I don't I don't think that's going to last. Like, I I don't know if they'll be as bad as people thought. People thought this would be a tanking team. But this they're not going to be playing at the clip they're playing at right now. I don't believe that's going to happen all year. And you, you don't want to go in there and lose both of these games. And like you said, I had, had a chance to win that first game. But tonight, just never really threatened. There was one point in the game where – they cut it down to 10, and, I, and you had Dylan Brooks cooking, man. You had the tech call on him when he kind of stepped over Mike Conley with the ball going out of bounds, and he was fired up, man. He was into it, and then Taylor took him out, which that just got, had me scratching my head. And after that, man, it just – Women y'all in Memphis, baby. <laughs> man, yeah, man. But, uh, man, they, they, the next thing you know, it was ballooned back to 18, man. It's just – Never got back in it. Uh, John Morant with uh, 37 points, five rebounds, four assists, and you're not even talking about about that tonight with the way this game went. Uh, and I know my man, my David, was going nuts over there, man, with this free throw shooting, man, tonight. 23 of 42 for 54.8 percent, man. That is just not going to get it done. Like I, there's nothing else. There's no excuse for an NBA team to shoot. I mean, and they got to the line, 42 attempts. Uh, but shoot fifty four point eight percent. He's like, look on the other side. Utah eighteen and twenty two for eighty one point eight percent. I mean, just you I shoot, mean, you just can't you shoot twenty can't shoot more free throws. Free like throws. That. Yeah, yeah. You shoot twenty more free throws, to and, they only, and you're only plus, only five. plus five. Yeah, there's that, something that's wrong rough. with that. 
And honestly, man, out of everything that's going on with this team right now, that is the thing that is most concerning. The defense is awful right now. The defense is the worst. They have the worst defensive rating in basketball right now per NBA.com. The Memphis Grizzlies are dead last in the league in defense. They're third offensively, and I see a lot of people talking about offense, and they need more offense. It doesn't matter how many points you score if you cannot stop yeah. your opponent. Sometimes it's going to work, but a lot yeah. of times you got to get what you got tonight. Uh, we've seen games where, like the other night, the first game against Utah, they almost pulled it off because they scored yeah. 123 points. And some nights that's going to get it done. Some nights you're going to get a shootout, you're going to go back and forth, and, and it's going to work. But you saw tonight what was going to happen. This is kind of more of what I expected. But when I said 64, David said three and seven, but when you looking at when you were going into the season, you were looking at all the things that were going wrong with the team. You knew you were going to be missing Jerry, and that's your defensive anchor. Uh, you you got to have Sunday starting in, in, in his place, which I was a believer in Sunday coming out of the summer league and coming out of preseason. But I, I never I didn't feel like okay, well he's going to come in and set the world on fire. I mean, he's still a guy that went from going back from Utah, which people were, were questioning was he's an NBA player. To be in your starting lineup, you had Conchar as a guy who's never been a real rotation player that you're now going to be to have expectations for as a rotation player. Uh, you got rookies that you're going to be playing. I thought there would be some growing pains uh, with this team. And before kind of tonight and outside that Dallas game, they really, there's been some things that you could see behind the scenes, but they still played really well at times and been able to win games and at a better clip than I thought. But what we saw tonight is kind of closer to some of the struggles I thought they had. I had a real concern defensively coming in. I, I talked about it on here. Um, and, and I was kind of saying, man, without Jared, I, their, especially their interior defense, I was having a problem. I, I felt like they would struggle. And not having those two veteran guys who are your were your second and third best perimeter defenders outside of Dylan and Kyle and Melton, not having those guys, that's going to hurt, especially early, especially without Jared and until this team kind of figures out what they're doing. I think it's, I think it's going to be a struggle kind of similar to what we saw at the beginning of last season. And it really hadn't been that up to the date. But tonight, I know you had some guys out, but I think they're last in the, in the league in defense. There's a little bit more going on here than just Mr. Jerry. Yeah, and, and like I said, the, the free throws are the biggest thing for me, man. I, I think that, you know, you've got some guys that were not in this rotation last year. So, that you know, the rookies are learning stuff. And and I'm not uh, you know, oh let's let's make a ton of excuses, but there are some things that are gonna change when Jaron gets healthy. Do they immediately come the best defense in the in the league? No. It, you know, it they just have to be decent, I think. You know, I, I I this team is capable. We saw this team last season be one of the best defenses in the league, but when you lose two guys that are that important to your defense can they get back there? I, I think the pieces are still there for them to get back to that point, but I just want to see them be serviceable out there. And right now they're not even that, but this team was bad at free throws last season. And somehow, some way it looks like they've got worse. And that's alarming because if you shoot 23 of 42 in a playoff series, you're going to lose games. You're going to get eliminated from the playoffs because you can't make the easy ones. And that that is – it's Dylan Brooks, four for eight from the line. Santi Aldama missed a free throw. He was one for two. Ja was 12 for 15. 
We had uh, Xavier Tillman, two for seven, one for three from Kennedy Chandler, 0 for two from Brandon Clark. Uh, you cannot, I, I know it's not a rhythm shot. I know that it's not the easiest shot on the floor, but you made it to the damn NBA. How the hell did you make it to the NBA and you can't make a damn free throw, man? Like that, it will always and forever drive me insane to see an NBA player, specifically guards that cannot make free throws. And that, that's got to be a point of emphasis. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that you have to do to win a game, but you're building this team with playoff aspirations. I can guarantee you if you're the last place team in basketball shooting free throws, you're not going to be winning any championships. It is not going to happen because teams will start the hack-a-shack with three minutes to go in the game and you'll get shut down. Yeah, it, it, it seems to be contagious because, I mean, everybody was missing tonight. Jai had been fantastic in, in, in the earlier games before tonight, and Dylan Brooks stepping up and missing two. Those are just things you don't see. Um, and as you said, that it, it's been a problem for this team, uh, with the consistency with it. There are times where they shoot it well, and there are other times where they don't. But it, it's weird because when you look at the makeup of this roster, these aren't guys that you think would be bad free throw shooters. You don't. Outside of Adam, you wouldn't think this would be a terrible free throw shooting team, but that's that's huge. As you said, man, you you go twenty three or forty two in the playoffs, you're gonna get blown out, like just like that blown out tonight. I mean, you can't you can't go to the free throw line and shoot fifty four point eight percent. Like I I don't understand how NBA players do that. I know there's pressure and everything like that, but if if you if I walk out there on the court, I'm not an NBA player, and I shot two hundred free throws. I would probably, I would shoot higher than fifty four point eight percent. I guarantee you that. And I know it. You, you're tired. You have tired legs. You have pressure on your crowd and everything like that. But these are NBA players. It's just no excuse to miss free throws at that clip. Like you should be able to shoot seventy five percent as a team. Like it's I don't game I, seven see, of the regular season. Yeah. Like man. I don't I don't get it, man. I've never understood that. Like I I don't like the the pressure thing. I'm not like I won't even give them that at this point, man. It's game seven of the regular season. If this was late in the season and this game made a difference in the seeding or this game really, really mattered, okay, we can talk about pressure. But there ain't no pressure game seven of the regular yeah. season. It, you, you got 75 more games to play. Like, it, it just – it's crap, man. You know, there, there is – man, I, I'll move away from it. I'm not going to keep <laughs> preaching on it. There, there's other stuff that we can talk about. David Roddy has still – struggled to find his offensive yeah. footing you know he for whatever reason I don't know if he's rushing it I, I don't know if it's the speed of the game I can't exactly put my finger on it but 0 for 8 from the floor tonight 0 for 4 from 3 he is the only player on the team that made all of his free throws so kudos to David <laughs> Roddy Shout he, out gets, for that. Yeah. he gets Get the, the game ball from me today <laughs> but he's still doing he's still doing good things on the floor he's still making good rotations and and you can't necessarily point at tonight's game for anything specific but even though he's struggling offensively we saw Zaire Williams do this last year and the Grizzlies just played him through it and it paid dividends at the end of the year I have a feeling that we're going to be watching these growing pains with David Roddy as the season moves along you see he played almost 29 minutes tonight and he was a negative 20 doesn't look good, but he he did rebound the ball well. He got a couple of steals and a block shot. 
you know, he'd done some stuff that could contribute to winning basketball. It just didn't pan out tonight. Yeah, man, I'm a, a big believer in his. I, I know we were talking about this prior to the season, and I, I think we all kind of agreed or, or felt like it, it felt like when you, when you look at it, it's not necessarily they're going against each other, but when you're looking at LaRavia versus Roddy, it was kind of feeling like he was tilted toward Roddy would be that guy when everybody came back that would probably get get that last spot, so to speak, uh, in the rotation. And it, it's been flipped. Uh, I mean, like you said, Roddy is still doing some good things out there, but he's just been so bad offensively uh, that I, I just don't know if you can – when everybody gets healthy, I don't – if he's still as bad as he is offensively now, I just don't know if you could have him in rotation, man. He might end up down in South Haven. But long-term, I, I believe in him because of his size and his potential skill set. You just don't see guys at that size that can do some of the things that he could potentially do. Because um, I, I, I think he has a really high ceiling on a defensive end. And he's strong as a ox, and I think that's going to pay dividends. He's a guy that can, can probably do some bully ball, get get to the basket. I, I think he'll be fine, and he's a guy that can uh, definitely a capable three-point shooter, man. Shot, I think, 44% uh, at, at Colorado State. He even shot the ball better than than, than uh, LaRavia uh, did in college. So I, I believe in him. I, I just don't know if he's ready right now. I mean, it just seems like he just needs – Needs more time, and Laravia is really stepped it up. I mean, it, it, it flipped. Like Laravia was the one that kind of, especially offensively, kind of struggled in the preseason in the summer league, and it's flipped. Man, Laravia's coming in and doing things on both ends, uh, being really disruptive on defense. We talk about his quick hands. Uh, he's knocking down threes now. He looks a lot more comfortable uh, than, than Roddy looks. Man, he's kind of been filling in, especially these last couple games. So they missed him uh, here here in Utah, not being able to play in these games because he was coming on strong uh but but as far as Roddy they have stuff with him so far I think maybe 29 minutes out of more out of necessity tonight with having such a guys out in short rotation but we'll, we'll see how that plays out but I mean I, I'm I'm not a person that's jumping out I know some people are already jumping out of the bandwagon on Roddy and I'm not jumping out of the bandwagon because I really do think he's going to be a valuable role player for this team down the line he, he's just struggling right now and that's not that's not a surprise when it comes to rookies I mean that's what 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 I was saying kind of going into the season, man, there are going to be times where rookies struggle. People were making these clear de- declarations that these guys were going to come in and, oh, they're going to come in every 15 points. They're going to be locking down on defense. And I'm like, man, that's just something that doesn't usually happen, especially when you're talking about guys you took in the 20s, man. Be patient with these guys. I don't think you should put those kind of expectations on them. And, and people were mad at me about it. And I'm like, I'm just being real, man. I don't I don't think it's fair to put those kind of expectations on those guys. And now some of those same people are kind of jumping out the bandwagon. And I'm just saying have patience uh, because I think this front office has shown if, if Santi Aldama is an example, how people even going back to this summer league were off on him. Now this guy's starting and being productive and going to be, a, I think, a big piece for this team out the bench once Jaren comes back. So this team doesn't really miss when it comes to draft picks. At least they haven't so far. So be careful with Roddy. I mean, be patient with Roddy, man, just like we have with some of the other guys. Yeah, man, I, I agree with you. You know, it, it's going to take some time for these guys to really get their feet under them. And I, I saw some of the tweets that you were talking about, some of the people talking. I, I also, if you pay attention, the 
I don't even know what word I'm looking for here, man. I, I had a thought, and my my brain just shut down. It's it's been it's, it's a, late. It's late. <laughs> it, it's been it's been a, a Monday, the the Mondayest Monday of all for me today. <laughs> but you know, like the shift on on players, you know, you, you see something good happen, and it's easy to gas them up, and then you watch yeah. them struggle, and it's easy to tear them down. And yeah, you know, like we're here, we're going to put point out mistakes but we don't want to be overly critical. And that's something I, I think that I've been guilty of that whenever, you know, when we talk about young players last year, watching Zaire struggle and watching this team through the first 20 games. And then here we are this year We're you know, we're seven in one game over 500 and you're seeing some, some of the same struggles from Roddy. Uh, we saw, you know, Arabia didn't exactly, hit the ground running. He struggled a little bit. And then, you know, here recently before this, uh, this illness, he had been knocking down shots for the Grizzlies. So I, I think that there'll be a lot of peaks and valleys for these guys throughout the season. We just got to try and stay level with it as much as we can. Yeah. I mean, cause they, like I said, they are younger on the bench. I mean, they're guys stepping up in roles. Like I said, with Conchar, they're going to be ebbs and flows. And that's just kind of what, what I was saying, like people were saw these first few games and they were already off to the races thinking like, this is something that's going to happen every game. And, and I had a feeling that it wasn't like I was even, even starting to drink the Kool-Aid a little bit. I'm thinking, man, maybe I'm just completely off here. Maybe it is going to be perfect. And these guys are going to be great every night. Um, and, I, but I think reality is going to show that that's just not going to be the case. I think they made a decision to kind of go younger on the bench and you have, your top guys. I mean, John Moran is, I think, clearly taking his game to another level. I mean, even in terrible games, like they're not terrible games, I think even games where he wasn't necessarily great tonight and still scored 37 points. I mean, that's just where he is right now as a player. So him doing that, Bain, when he's in there doing what he's doing, looks like he's taking another step. I mean, the way he's getting downhill, getting to the basket, man, he's just knocking out threes again. He was struggling a little bit, man. He's looking like all-star Bain, hashtag all-star Bain, and I'm trying to trying to push so when you have those guys doing that um and, and you get jaron back doing what he's doing you have db back um and, and what he brings on the defensive end this team is going to be really good and my words have kind of gotten misconstrued as me saying this team is going to be terrible or something and that's not what i was saying at all like i predicted that they'd be a top four seed in the west and i said i think 47 wins uh, and that's nine wins less than last year but my reasoning for saying 47 was because, number one, it's not looking like that so far, but i got, I got a feeling it's going to even out as time goes on. I think the West is going to end up being better than it was last season, so I don't know if many teams are going to win 56 games. So that's another reason why I took them down. And also kind of some of the things that we're talking about right now, about you playing some young guys here early in the season, you're going to be missing Jaron for some time. And when you bake all of that in, I just felt like they were going to drop and win. Uh, but I just didn't see a way they win 56 games now. West isn't looking nearly as tough here early as you thought. I mean, it's kind of been flipped. Some of these bad teams that you thought were going to be bad, Utah, San Antonio, these teams are beating the teams that are supposed to be at the top of the West. And some of these teams at the top of the West, like Minnesota, uh, and I don't want to forget Portland, they're sitting up there uh, at the top of the West as well. But teams like Minnesota and the Clippers have, have really struggled. Uh, you got even Golden State, where they're sitting at three and four right now. So it hadn't really gone the way you thought so, maybe this thing is just as wide open as it was last year. It felt like it was going to take a step and it was going to be 
this big line between the elite teams and, and some of the play-in level teams and, and stuff like that. But maybe it's not going to be much different than it is last year. Looks like it's going to be wide open. Now it could change as time goes on. But here early, man, it's been 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 a little weird uh, in, in the Western Conference. Yeah, yeah, most definitely, man. And that's you know Utah and and San Antonio. I think it's fool's gold at this point. Yeah, I agree. I, I think, I I think that. I don't think that Utah will be in the bottom part of the league as far as record, but I also don't expect them to be competing for a play-in spot. And like, if they are, it's going to be the bottom end of the play-in. They they're just playing well right now, and they got some pieces go, though on that team. Like they they, 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 they got do, some man. pieces going forward. Yeah. They got they got value on those trades. There's no doubt about that. You know, Mike Mike Conley still has gas in the tank, and that's something it. it it blows my mind because I saw a lot of people heading into the season saying, Oh, you know, like Mike Conley, Mike Conley was adapting to his role. You know, he, he yeah, was playing his role there. And I wasn't, I, I, it was more than just you, man. It was, that was not a, a shot at you at all. I hope you didn't take it like that. But, no, no. You know, but I, like I, I, did, I saw a lot of people saying, oh, you know, Mike, Mike Conley is He looked done. washed at time last year. Yeah, you know, he, he's got this. He's got two years left on this contract. They're not going to be able to deal him and this and that. And I think that he's definitely a piece that they're going to be able to deal at the trade deadline. I don't know what kind of return they're going to get from him, but I think that you're looking at uh, a guy that can be productive on a playoff team. So a team that's really trying to push that needs somebody to go out and, you know, they can execute your offense. They can get you a bucket. That's a guy that they're going to be able to trade as we get closer to the trade deadline. Um, the, the Larry, Larry Markin. Yeah. He's he playing out of his mind right now. Grizzlies. The Grizzlies had no answer for him. They had nobody that can match up against him when they're healthy they do. I, I thought that Aldama could probably match up with him the best, but he was, it was just his night. He just wasn't really missing tonight. So, you know, it, I think Will Hardy is going to do his best. You know, this is his first head coaching job. And so he's going to do what he can to prepare these guys to win. But at the end of the day, I think the upper management is going to outweigh him a little bit because. Yeah. You know, the 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 women Yama sweepstakes, you heard me yell it earlier in the show. This is a guy that's, you know, he's projected to be a generational player. And you can see it in the NBA seems yeah, to, to believe they're that. Streaming because, all, playing, yeah. Streaming all their games, all his games. But that's something I don't think we've ever seen that lets you know how much hype and how much they believe in him. So I, I think in the end, this is going to even out. I don't think these teams like Utah and San Antonio are going to keep playing this clip. And I think there are going to be some other ones that even – that that are even added to it. Uh, Portland was kind of a team going into the season that I felt like they they wanted to win, but I felt like circumstances might kind of change their mind as the season goes on. That's going to be an interesting team to watch. I think if Dane stays healthy, it's going to be hard for them to kind of be in that that bottom tier of the league because I think he's he's going to will them to more wins than that. They're like they're not they're not going to be at the bottom tier of the league unless they have some kind of injuries. They got talent. You got him and Jeremy Grant and. Anthony Simons on, on that team. They they have guys that can play, so I don't think they're going to be in, the, in in that conversation either. But I was thinking maybe if they had injuries or some things went wrong, that they might kind of make the decision. But as long as they stay healthy, I don't think they're going to be in that situation either. So this might not be the what people thought initially. Like people thought it was going to be like six, seven, eight teams just selling off and tanking. And early on, at least that's that hasn't been the case, man. That Utah team is 
playing hard. And, but as you said, man, they, if they were able to add women, Yana, they have some tradable assets. I mean, Danny Ainge, I mean, that they they have a, a great situation. I mean, going into the next season, they would have all kind of trade assets and draft capital. They could really turn that team around really quickly. And if they get women, Yana, I mean, that's, that, that sets you up, man. They, they could be right back in, in a couple years, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, you got uh, Beasley is a guy that he's been in the league for a few years, but he's not old. Marketing is a younger Vanderbilt's guy. Vanderbilt's a good player as well. Yeah, yep. That's a, I was getting around to him. You, you have Colin Sexton on that team who's playing backup point guard right now to Man, Mike he Conley. knocking down threes. Like, where, yeah. where, where'd that come from? So, <laughs> so. you know, there is a, there's a lot of pieces on this team that, that are they're good players, and – you know, they just drafted uh, Walker Kessler. We didn't get to see him because of injury. Yeah. I don't know if it was illness or injury with him. I'm not 100% I think, I think, sure. it's, think it's illness. I think they said illness, I want to say. But, you know, he's another young guy that I think they have high hopes for. So, a lot, lot of good young pieces on that team. But this is like flat out, this is a team that the Grizzlies should have gotten at least one out of two. Yeah, you, you can't lose both of And I had one of these games marked down as a loss just because of how tough it is to beat a team two times in a row and then here we are on the back end of it talking about it and the jazz beat the grizzlies twice i definitely did not see that coming but i I, man i don't want to be a dead horse tonight there's a lot of stuff that we can talk about as far as what we like to see the grizzlies do and, and things that that they can improve on but i think if you watch this game at all that you can use your deductive reasoning enough to see where the holes are you know, you don't have to have us pointed out to you. So, man, if you don't have anything else, we can go ahead and wrap it up for tonight, and then we will be back. The next game is Wednesday. They're playing at Portland. Dame Lillard, it has already been said, uh, yeah. Chauncey Billups announced it, I want to say Sunday. Sunday, that, yeah. That Dame will not be ready for the Grizzlies game. And I kind of expected that because initial reports said that he would be reevaluated in, in one to two weeks, and that would yeah. be – that that would be the one week mark I think on Wednesday. So I I didn't think there was a good chance he'd play because like you said they didn't say he'd be back one or two weeks. They said reevaluated. Yeah, so you so yep. you think the one week mark that he's probably not going to be back and that does seem to be the case. Something I did want to want to get your opinion on is not it's not a Grizzlies necessarily it's not Grizzlies related, but it, it's the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, I've been talking to I've talked to different people about this and different people have different opinions and I want to see where you're you're at on it. When you talk about them possibly moving Russell Westbrook, I mean, there are teams that are kind of the obvious teams that you would think of. If, if Utah was in there at one point, I don't think that's going to happen. The the other two teams are uh, Indiana and possibly Charlotte. Those are, the, I think, the only possible destination for him. But San Antonio doesn't really have the contracts to make it happen. And I was talking, and I think it was, and it, just, it was involving Utah when, I think it was NBA Central uh, came out a couple of days ago saying that the Lakers were offered. I can't remember. It was, uh, Rudy Gay, Mike Conley, uh, Jordan Clarkson, and God, I can't remember who else was in that deal. Um, and a lot of people I know, know it was Mike Conley, Jordan Clarkson, and who else was in that deal? Somebody, somebody that they moved already. Um. Uh, God, I can't remember who it who it was. It, it, I mean, I, I felt yeah, like it was a good deal. Yeah, it was Bogdanovich. Yeah, it was Mike Conley, Bogdanovich, and Jordan Clarkson. I think they said that the the Utah offered them over the summer, and the Lakers turned that down. Now, I was talking to Laker fan. There's been some people that have told me that they wouldn't have done that deal because I guess they, they don't like the fact that it 
pass them up long term, like longer than the end of this season. Yeah. Like LeBron has LeBron has has another year left on his deal, so it's gonna be he's not gonna be a free agent after next year. All of those guys that are in that deal would also be free agents at the end of next season. So to me, I would have done the deal because I feel like it's the Lakers number one. Like I, I'm I'm not a Laker fan by any means, but we know the history of that franchise and they have a long standing history and standard of winning and what going on out there right now is just ain't it. That's not what you're used to seeing from the Lakers. And you have these two guys in LeBron and Anthony Davis that you're paying a lot of money to. And I feel like you got you got a point guard out there like Mike Conley, um, a shooter around those guys, which they really need, like Bogdanovich, and another guy off the bench, Jordan Clarkson or Rudy Gay, whoever they do in that deal. Um, I think it's probably better than pretty much anything they have coming out the bench right now if they're, if they're healthy. I do that deal because I feel like, no, it doesn't make them a championship contender. And that was some some people's contention that why make that deal that that doesn't put them, make them a championship contender. But I think if you're the Lakers, you want to be respected. And I think if they make that deal, I think you're talking about a possible play-in type situation, a team that could work their way in the playoffs versus what we're seeing right now. And it, it's also the Russell Westbrook thing is just toxic. I think he wants out. I think the, the fans are – that's all you're hearing about. I think that's a cloud over the over the – the franchise, I think if you could make that move, I think I would have made it. Some people disagree and say they would have made it because it doesn't make them a championship team. What, what kind of where are you on that? Um, so Frank Vogel got fired as a scapegoat, scapegoat 100%. And right now, you. Russell Westbrook is a scapegoat for that team. Need like, is, is it an issue? Is Russell Westbrook playing with the current roster as constructed going to be effective? The answer to that question is absolutely not. He had a good game is in the it, last game, but that usually yeah, is not yeah, going to be was, game. He was coming off of the bench. He was running yeah. the second unit, and he was doing Westbrook things. He's still a good player, and I don't care. Like Fans can trash him and, and – Whatever, like fans are gonna do that, man. We we see that here with Dylan Brooks. We see that over and over again with players that just end up being the scapegoat. the The roster construction of that team has got to be the poorest put together team yeah, I've I ever seen I, yeah. in the history of the league. Like there, there may have been teams that finished with a worse record than what that team is going to finish with, but that team is just put together poorly. What happened? Was it LeBron James using his influence to go out and get the guys that he wanted to play with? Uh, was it, you know, Polinka is in over his head. He never should have got that job, and he got it because, like, the, the, there's a lot of questions whenever you get down to it. But I I agree in the fact that if I am a Lakers fan, if they can make that trade, like, let's say – Utah is going to send them Mike Conley, and I don't know what the contracts look like right now. If yeah, I've, work, I've looked at it. I think Mike like Conley, Conley, Jordan Clarkson, Clarkson, and Rudy and Gay. Rudy Gay, that works. It does work. Okay, so that works money-wise. But yeah. Utah gets nothing in return except for Russell Westbrook. I, you know, I think that that's a good deal for Utah because they get off of that money faster. Yeah. I don't think it's a good deal for L.A., like it's it is going to give you some pieces that can play around the guys that you got, but at the end of the day, man, Anthony Davis, since they won that title in the bubble, 
Dude hasn't been healthy. He he turned into like a freaking walking injury. I, I personally think what I've said about him, I think he got too big. I, I think I think he put on too much weight, too much muscle. I think he's trying to play at a bigger, uh, a higher weight than he needs to play at. When he was in New Orleans, he was nowhere near big as he is now. He's yeah. put on a lot of weight, muscle, and I think he might have put on a little bit too much weight. And and him and Boogie Cousins were a freaking wrecking ball, dude. You know, yeah. when, when he was down there, like he was a, a 2020 guy on any given night. Like it, it was happening pretty frequently for him, 30-20 even. And then it, it's, it's just all changed for him. So I, I don't know that – to me, if I'm Los Angeles, if I'm going to make a trade – I want to get something in return that could possibly push me over the edge. If it's not going to push me over the edge, I'm just going to eat this season. And, and I know that that that's crazy because you know you have one of the the best players to ever do it, and you're wasting yeah, like that, the that, twilight years point. of his career. Yeah. But at the end of the day, that one player does not control the future of my franchise. Would I love to see another title as a as like an owner or a front office guy? Yeah, I, I would love to see that. But the future of that franchise is already in shambles because they've moved so many pieces, so many draft picks. Like their oh, next man, draft pick all those guys that they, they own, <laughs> like 2027. 2027 is the next one that they own. So you're looking at what, you know, four or five years here yeah. where they don't even own their first round pick. At some point, you've got to stop the bleeding, man. And, and that's like not giving up Westbrook with those picks, that may be the smartest move that Plink has made since he's taken over as GM of that team or whatever his title is. I I say just roll with it till the wheels fall off, get out from underneath that $40 million, and then next year you can go out and, and get some guys to put around LeBron and AD to try and make another run at it because what you have right now, you know, Winion Gabriel – love a success story but that dude is not going to be a rotation guy on no. a championship team they just got they just got guys austin off, reeves, off the couch pretty much yeah like austin reeves may make a liar out of me and i don't watch i don't watch a lot of lakers basketball he, he definitely should so, be a starter like, in the nba there's, there's no question about that he's yeah. starting for him that's just not yeah. gonna get it done man yeah like <laughs> he, he, he may be a guy that can come off of your bench and kind yeah, of be that, that dagger three guy yeah you know but it's just it's a train wreck out there man and you have to the way you clean up a train wreck is one card at a time bro like just you have to make a decision okay what am i doing what's the best move for the future of this franchise and then stick to it and i know that lebron has a lot of of influence because of who he is and what he's been able to do throughout his career but you have to run the franchise and you just have to be be like, Hey, listen, I, I am no longer going to allow you to influence me in the manner that you have in the past. What you wanted to do clearly is not working. So now you're going to sit back and watch me work and, and see what I can do. And if you're not okay with that, well, you're under contract, you're stuck because you're a hundred years old and I'm not going to get much in return for you anyway. So, here we are. Yeah, man, I don't want anybody to think I feel sorry for him at all because I, I don't. I mean, he put himself in this situation, and I think he kind of chose his business uh, aspirations over basketball. Um, I think 
he could have gone somewhere else. He had an opportunity to, and he's doubled down on being there. So I don't feel like he he's stuck and, oh, we're free LeBron. Like I see some people saying, I don't feel like that at all because he put himself in this situation. He, from from what, uh, we don't know if this weren't for Trent true, but management rumored wanted the Buddy Hill deal instead of bringing in Russell Westbrook and LeBron wanted to bring in Russ. And like I said, not that Russ can't play, but I, I knew that was a bad fit. There are two guys that both need the basketball. I knew from the jump that that wasn't going to work. I said it at the time and it kind of played out exactly like I thought it would. It's just, that's the worst possible fit for probably Russbrook that you could probably almost find. Like there's, he, he, I mean, it's just a bad spot for him. And like, like I said, man, I, for that, like I kind of want Russ to be free. And it's kind of why I wish they would kind of make a move. The thought is that they might be kind of re-engaging Indiana. Indiana is kind of hinted now that they don't want to move Miles Turner. But Miles Turner's coming out on interviews. And this is weird because I saw this today. I think it was on the Wolves podcast that he's openly asking basically to be traded for the Lakers. And I saw something similar from Gordon Hayward um, a, a few weeks ago. I'm like, isn't that tampering? Like, I didn't know you could just go on interviews and say, oh, yeah, Lakers, come get me. Like, I didn't even know you could do that. But we've seen two guys do that lately. Uh, so I, I'm not sure exactly what the rules are on that. But I thought that was weird. But he's basically saying on the Wolves podcast that telling the Lakers to come get him. Like, he wished they'd come get him. So, We'll we'll see how it plays out, but uh, my, yeah, man, it's a a mess out there in, in L.A. And as you said, I think that's probably the worst constructed team I've ever seen. Uh, I mean, it's definitely going to be a historically bad shooting team. I mean, it's just just bad. They finally got a win the other night, man. They're celebrating in the locker room. Darvin Ham's first head coaching win, man. They catch a Gatorade bath and everything like they just won a championship, man. And that's kind of kind of sad to see the Lakers organization knowing what they've been in the past and. You just look at the young guys they've, they've gotten rid of, man. Brandon Ingram, uh, Julius Randle, man, Kyle Kuzma, uh, D'Angelo Russell, Jordan Clarkson. I mean, they've getting, they've drafted very, really well. Because, I mean, you look at what where those guys are now, and it's crazy that they've gotten rid of all those guys, and those guys are, are still young in their careers. Yeah. Yeah, I, that that is something. And I've had people tell me that it's me taking a cheap shot at the Lakers organization. No, man, that's just crazy but when you think about it. It's you know when when you when you have the opportunity to get LeBron James, you, you get LeBron James, right? Like that. That's that's a given. But it, it just, I wonder what that team would have looked like had they maintained the player, like kept the the guys that they drafted, because. D'Angelo Russell is a starting point guard. You get Clarkson would be a good two. Ingram at the three. Julius Randle or Kyle Kuzma. You know they, they don't really necessarily have a big in that mix, but they, they have guys. And, and there's there's more. Josh Hart was a former like yeah, I've had you know, and, and that, that's like that's a heck of a guy coming off of your bench. That you just look at this what could have been and where they would have been. Are those guys enough? Would they have been a championship team with those guys? You know, it's, yeah, I, I wasn't even going to mention Lonzo because he just can't stay healthy, man. Yeah. I, I like him. That, but... I like him a lot. He is going to New Orleans and working on that shot and becoming a volume three-point shooter with consistency is huge for his game when he can stay on the floor. And, and he was a guy – I might pair him next to Ja Morant. I think that would be an insane pairing, but that was pre-Bain. I, I had no idea that Bain was going to turn into the monster that he's become, but I always thought that Lonzo, because he is a plus defender, he is a versatile defender, 
and he's an excellent playmaker that can knock down the three would be a good fit, good fit next to Ja. But yeah, I man, you know, we, we can, what if, the, what if that situation to death, but the, the fact of the matter is Polinka and that, uh, that Lakers front office have made some questionable moves and they got to get healthy too. That's, you know, you got Dennis Schroeder that uh, brings shooting. So he'll be back yeah. soon. And that, that team, you know, not that he's going to completely change the face of it, but that at least gives them a guy that's going to be able to shoot the ball a little bit. Who knows? I, I, I want them to improve. Not a Lakers fan, but I sure as heck do not want to see women. No, go to no, we do. We definitely need for the second year in a row, man. We want the Lakers to win games. Last year we were trying to get a pick, man. They let us down. Hopefully they don't let us down this year, man, because that would be uh desire. If, 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 if they're in position to get that pick, man, man, NBA, uh, Adam Silver, man, set that up, man. We can't let New Orleans get women yellow, man. We don't need to, we don't need that after, man. They mm-hmm. already got a got enough talent down there. That'd be ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, that would be just. I don't even want to. Like, think I don't even want to think about that. No, I, don't I, even I know my my guy Lyle would be so happy. I <laughs> I have to listen to this podcast just over and over and over again of him <laughs> gloating about uh, what that team's going to look like. But anyway, we, we appreciate you guys. Candace could not be with us tonight. You can get her on Twitter at Candace nine hundred one. The show it's Candace H nine hundred one. My bad. Uh, the show is at uh, Ethos Grizzlies. I'm at NBA D-Will. Isaac's going to let you know where you can find him, and we are going to get out of here, guys. Yeah, you can find me at Isaac underscore underscore NBA. That's I-S-A-A-C, double underscore NBA. Uh, the Grizzlies will have a have a day out tomorrow and a uh, big matchup in Portland, man. Damian Lillard will not be playing, but they're still playing well. Uh, played well on Friday without him. I think they got the win on Friday. I'm pretty sure. I got it pretty easily, if I can remember correctly. Uh, so that's not going to be an easy game, and especially kind of the way the Grizzlies are struggling on defense. And you just hope health-wise, because, I mean, you had Steven Adams leave the game with a jaw injury. You also had uh, Brandon Clark, looks like he possibly dislocated a finger, did come back on the bench, uh, but they were working on that. So you hopefully those aren't things that are keep them out. You had John Morant back tonight. Hopefully Desmond Bain, with him being questionable going into this game, that leads me to believe that it's not anything serious, because I think he would have been doubtful or out. It was anything serious. So hopefully you have all those guys available and also Jake LaRavia. You think he'll probably possibly be back as well. Uh, because I think they're, even though they don't have Dane, man, they still have some guys, man. Nurkic, you have Anthony Simons, um, Jeremy Grant. I mean, they still have a lot of talent on their team. So just without Dane, don't think you're just going to go up there and get an easy win because it's definitely not going to be that. But we'll be back later this week uh, to break down that. We'll be talking about a, a Grizzly victory um, and a two and two road trip. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. Until next time, we're gone. And that will conclude our Sports Ethos presentation. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.